boy, July 19, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel and don't go to hell. The power went out right before I started, literally five minutes before broadcast time. The power of the property went out, the automatic generator kicked on, and it took that long for me to get back to going. So that's why we live local. That's why we prepare. That's why you have, if you have the opportunity to get a dedicated generator, to allow yourself to be, uh, you know, have power. You never know. Great weather is happening outside right now, but my property doesn't have power. And you can probably hear the generator going because I don't know why. So Lord willing, they'll fix it. Please continue to pray for mom. She's moving from ICU to a normal watch bed or normal bed for monitoring. So doing well. I want to talk about how Christians conquer communism. I'm going to dip back into the normal political talking points if I can today. Because I believe that part of my mission is onboarding Americans with the way that they've been programmed or the way that they believe things, the stories that they believe in their heads. They need a different story. Americans need a different story for how the world is arranged, how power is organized, the laws of the land. People need to understand different things. So simultaneously destroying stuff while simultaneously building stuff. And so I think that communism is something that most people who are listening to me or maybe a little bit older than me would understand because that's something that was pounded into their thinking. The USSR, the Soviet Union, communism, oh no! Now for me, from a biblical perspective, I don't like the communist lens because it's reducing everything to the material. It's reducing everything and it's granting the presumption that the state is God and I just can't do that. As a dude who follows Jesus, I can't grant the presumption that the state is God. Can't happen. Won't happen. Ever. Now, I do want to piggyback on the idea that there is a totalitarian, oppressive, tyrannical approach. There are godless commies trying to conquer everything. And I believe in America, they are absolutely winning. And I think it's because Americans believe the wrong things. So if you'll permit me, I'd like to use President Trump, I'd like to use Tucker Carlson, and I'd like to use um, you know, Steve Bannon in order to kind of lay out this case because these are men that are prominent in the conservative sphere, in conservative politics in America, and these are men that are saying things that I believe are decent and good, but not quite powerful enough. So we'll start off with the president. And we'll talk about, uh, we'll just let him talk. So go ahead, Mr. President. But I will tell you, make America great again and MAGA and America first and all of these things that we talk about. There's never been more spirit. Look at this crowd. There's never been more spirit than we have right now. 2024. Is the most important election that we've ever had. And I used to say it with 2016, and I meant it 100 percent, but we're now, we're going into an almost a communistic state, and I think maybe we're even there. When you look at what they're doing with, you could call it fascist, you could call it Marxist, you could call it communist, what they're doing, like with the Department of Justice, they've totally weaponized it. It's weaponized like we've never had this before. It's not only me. Catholics, you see what's happening? Uh, parents at school boards. They're being harassed by the Justice Department, by the FBI. Nobody's ever seen what's happening right now. 
And we have a guy, the head of this country. It's, it's probably not him. It's people around him. They have people that are vicious and smart and have horrible ideas for our country. So it's really the people, in my opinion, because I don't think this guy can put together two sentences. I watched him last night. He's almost... He's almost incapable of talking. And, you know, we have... I'm not, I'm not sure he knows today's Tuesday, sir. Well, we have, a, we have a problem. We have the potential of a war beyond the war with Russia and Ukraine, and that would have never happened before. By the way, if I were president, that would have never happened. If I were president, Ukraine and Russia. I want to get to that. You know... Yeah, he said a lot of different things there. One thing, President Trump is really quick. If you ever, it'll just go into some uh, body language analysis. If you've never understood the very beginning of that clip, he said, we've never had the spirit. And he goes, look at this crowd. We've never had the spirit before. He's fishing for audience participation right there. I'll play that real fast again, because you need to understand that that he's, he does that on purpose. Watch him play this crowd, and then we'll get into the content of his uh, of his speech. So he says, "We've never had spirit like this before." He goes, "Look at this crowd," and he and he gets the applause. So watch real fast. But I will tell you, make America great again, and MAGA, and America first, and all of these things that we talk about. There's never been more spirit. Look at this crowd. There's never been more spirit than we have right now. 2024. Yeah, so he does that on purpose. He knows what he's doing. He's incredibly brilliant from an influence perspective. Never doubt that. Never let anyone think or never let anyone to convince you that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's incredibly smart. So in addition to that, he then goes on to start saying all these other words. Now, I don't want to step on toes, but the older generations believe stories that they've been told. And the stories that they've been told are that the enemy are these economic models. Communism. Fascism. Socialism. These are all worldly economic perspectives. And by reducing everything down to economics, the subtext is materialism. And because the subtext is materialism, if you can get your people to start to think in terms of material possession and wealth as the barometer for good or right action or the way that we should be making decisions, I mean, how often have you heard free market capitalism or we can't touch business, we can't regulate business? All of those tropes are elevating capitalism. Well, I'm a capitalist and we can cover that in, in, in later days. But the point that I'm getting to is by telling you the story through your eyes and through your ears for the key terrain of the mind, for the prize of the soul, that the world is understood by economic dialectic, by a materialistic perspective. By President Trump saying you could call it communist or fascist or socialist or Marxist, every single one of those are distinct. And so a man who has the ability to, you know, maestro the crowd, we've never had spirit like this. You know, the, the MAG has never had spirit like this. And then everyone uh, applauds. That's social proofing. He's using that type of influence to get the social proof of the crowd cheering him for the audience to be like, okay, the people love Trump. That's a subliminal basic level and that's what he does masterfully. So the same person who is able to masterfully get the audience to say that he's good by clapping is the same one that whenever he starts to say communist, fascist, socialist, Marxist, he's pounding, he's, he's giving words 
that go into people's ears that are bringing up images, bringing up stories, bringing up packaged knowledge that are deeply rooted in the brain. He's not going to talk to you about Proverbs 31, how a woman goes out and considers a field and then she buys it and then she uses the excess to make a vineyard. She uses the excess from there to provide for her family and to give to people. He's not going to speak like that because that's 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 outside the uh, that's that's outside the experience of his people. That's outside the the ears of the people listening to him. And so if you take this, the maestro saying he wants people to clap and then he starts to say communism, fascism, marxism, socialism. What he's doing is he's he's creating, he's reinforcing the enemy of these godless, you know, economic models. But what he's getting at is he's creating a, um, a scarcity situation. He's saying that these economic models are rising, and indeed we may have communism today, is what he said. And then he goes on to start to frame his political opponents as the people that are for the uh, Marxism, which would be, okay, the Soviets. Communism, which would be the Soviets. Fascism, which ostensibly would be the... Uh, the Mussolini or the Hitler socialism, which would be the same thing as like uh, Cuba or Castro or, or Venezuela. So he's using these ideas to shortcut thinking and he's using it to his benefit. Likewise, everyone does that. People in politics use those shortcut whistle, they, they blow those whistles, they use those dog whistles in order to get you to think in chunks. And so you have to t kind of step back and recognize that this is the type of programming, this is the type of reinforcement, this is the type of storytelling that our world right now, most Americans believe. And the danger is that if you accept the premise, you lose the debate. If you accept the premise that the bad guy is nothing more than the material reductio, if you only see the world for its uh, materialistic perspective, then your solution will only be for the materialistic perspective that you think maximizes your gain. In this case, capitalism. But if you understand that corporations and the multinational corporations and the banks and all that kind of stuff are starting to use capitalism to wedge themselves into government in order to contract government to go against the people and to trespass rights through codes and statutes and precedent and all these other things, then now you can see that the people in America who have been told for decades, capitalism, 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 wealth, jobs, creation, prosperity, we, we have that story so deeply rooted in our heads that because that's the story we have in our heads, now that the corporations are using capitalism to wedge themselves into government to trespass the rights of the people, which is contrary to the Constitution, the American people don't have the capacity, they don't have the language, they don't have the ideas to go against the wedged capitalism. This is where globalist companies like Walmart or, or uh, Amazon or BlackRock or Vanguard or any of these other large companies, they're like, well, this is just free market capitalism. To which the American conservative, the Christian, will be like, well, I can't say anything against capitalism because that's, that's the story that I agree with. That's the story that saves me from Marxism. And that's the lie. So the first idea is how Christians conquer communism. It's a holy war. It's a holy war. Now with this, I don't mean violence. I don't mean killing. I don't mean blood spilling. I don't mean those types of things. But I want to play for you now Steve Bannon. He was at the Turning Point Action Summit. And, and notice what he's talking about, holy war. Notice what he's talking about, crusade. So I'll let him talk, and then I'll give my perspective. So go ahead, Steve. This is a crusade 
This is a holy war against the deep state. Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution. I don't want to hear Glenn Youngkin in a vest. I don't want to hear Kemp with his George acts. I don't want to hear it. Donald Trump is our instrument for righteous indignation. It's not going to be Biden. This is where the stories that are pundits, like Steve Bannon, are insufficient. They're insufficient. Hear me. The way that we talk about politics in America is that the people who have all political power are looking at their government as though the government is the idol that has the power. And so the people who are the sovereigns and the people who have all the political power, image bearers of God, they're thinking like slaves because the stories they're hearing, the, the, the icons the champions, the patriots that they hear are consistently framing things in terms of we gotta have government, we gotta have these power, we, we gotta have this seat, we have to have this election, we have to have these things uh, you know, in, on, on our side, we have to have it on our side, we have to have our team, we have to have our tribe in charge. And that is, I, you know, I, I, I like Steve Bannon, that is a disservice. Steve Bannon's characterization of things is a disservice. Because if your characterization of a holy war, of a crusade, is that of which you need to have the positions in government, well, in America, that's a common law system, that's a constitutional republic, that's actually the, the weakest position in the entire apparatus. The strongest position, by law, by right, is to be one of the people. Because all of government is designed to bend, to acquiesce, to defer, I must give you the road, to the people. And you can show that in the Constitution. You can show that what the law is. Now, there will be the skeptics in the back, the people that generally hate Jesus or think that they know better, that they'll say, well, that doesn't actually work, Jaron. That's not actually the thing. And that you're, you're, you're missing my point if you respond or think like that. You're missing my point that the stories people believe are fake they're false. They're not true. Reducing everything to Marxism, you know, uh, you know, Marxism, communism, socialism, fascism. Well, that's a reductio. The, the subtext there is materialism. That's why the state and communism is God, because communism precludes the possibility that God can exist. And so if your enemy is nothing but a reductive economic model that says that God doesn't exist, if you are at war with that, you're also agreeing and you're identifying the fact that you're going to war against an entity that by definition rejects the fact that God exists and that just can't happen. If you're a Christian, you follow Jesus. And you know Jesus is God. You know he is king. You know he's on the throne. You know he's got a great commission. You know he's got a Bible. That's true. And you know he told you to go do stuff. Because when you believe the gospel and you're born again, you're, you would get salvation from sin. And now you get to you know, put on the, the cloak of righteousness. Now, now you get to put on Christ's righteousness and walk like him. Now you get to be that ambassador for Christ of the world. So I can't talk about evil as though evil precludes God's existence. Why am I acknowledging my enemy if my enemy is giving up is trying to hide the most powerful idea, the most powerful thing, most powerful sovereign, and that's God. Why would I do that? So to have a holy war, a crusade for government, is, is a reduction that's actually lying to the people on the most fundamental and powerful idea, and that is Christ. 
So no, I don't think that this is a holy war from that framing. I think it's a holy war whenever Jesus says, hey, I, I've got all power in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and teach all the nations to observe the commands. And lo, I'll be with you all the way until the end of the, war, until the end of the age. That's a battle cry. That's a holy war. I'm to bring the gospel everywhere. And that's not the same. Hear me. That's not the same as voting Republican. It's not the same as voting conservative. And if the story in your head is that you're going to only participate in politics according to the old stories, the tried tropes, the laid down programming, if that's all you got, you're going to continue to swim in the muck that we got right now. You've got no answer. You've got no answer. You might as well go vote harder. You might as well say free market capitalism while Walmart is gobbling up the mom and pop shops. Amazon is corrupting and buying off politicians to look the other way while the open borders bring in a lot of people who ain't from here. Because it's the corporations that are using the capitalism as a fig leaf to destroy your government by contracting it away from your rights. And if you don't know what your rights are, if you don't know what the law is, the contracts, these big corporations that are void because they get you away from your rights, if you don't know how to express your rights, if you don't defend your rights, if you don't know what the law of the land is, your government is literally pulling the rug from underneath your feet. God bless Steve Bannon for the analysis he's done, the help that he's done with President Trump, but this type of framing is dangerous. It's not a holy war. Trump is not the dude that's in charge of my righteous indignation. Are you kidding me? I'm the guy that's bringing the righteous indignation for me. By right. Because, of, because I'm made in God's image. Because I have rights secured by the government. Or secured by the Constitution. The government can't exist if it doesn't defend what God has given me. So if God gave me the ability to see the injustice of the world and I get pissed, my righteous indignation comes from God because I'm using his Bible as the standard and not the fact that these godless commies stole the election as the standard for my anger. I'm angry at the stolen election. I'm angry at the open borders. I'm angry at the butchered babies in the womb. I'm angered at the, the perverted, the sexual perversion of kids. Not because it's Republican and not because it's conservative or Democrat or liberal, progressive. Those aren't the reasons why I'm pissed. I'm pissed because the Bible speaks to the efficacy of the word. The Bible speaks to equal weights and measures. The, the fact that there's, there's dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. That's why I hate stolen elections. The fact that there are open borders and the Bible speaks to the fact that God has presented a time and a place for every people group, Acts 17, that's why I hate open borders. Because there's no desire for people that are coming in unlawfully to be like me because they ain't following the law. So if they come here and they don't want to be and live according to this law, get out. I'm going to treat people who are strangers, who are foreigners, who are, who are people just traveling through, who are people who aren't from here. I will treat them with love and respect. But if you come into my house and you start wrecking the place and pooping all over the place and taking the work and the jobs of the people that are trying to provide for their families as part of a contract through a big corporation that's using its financial uh, leverage to get servants that are sworn to the Constitution that would otherwise protect the, the rights of the people, the prosperity of the people, the property of the people, yeah, get out of the way. Get out. I get mad at the fact that babies are butchered in the womb because God says that all life has value. He makes life. He makes us image bearers in his image. 
That's why I'm pissed. That's why it's a holy war. That's where my righteous indignation comes from. It comes from the one who's righteous. Not the fact that it's Trump. And this is where th th there, there is such a disservice by these political pundits. There's such a disservice by our political commentary because it reduces things to that which is weak. It's not powerful. Now, for the people in the back that are like, well, who are you going to vote for, Jaron? First of all, that question presupposes that voting is how power is given. If you have all power and you retain your rights, then all of government, regardless who's sworn to it, has to bend to your rights when you express it. So first, you need to learn how to express your rights in the law. This is where I would point you to the free $1 million common, the $1 million common law seminar available at commonlawpeople.com. It's your email, commonlawpeople.com. Go, boom, you got all this content for free that lays down the very foundation, starting in the Garden of Eden all the way to the ratification of the Constitution, speaks to specific common law actions that you can do. If you don't watch it, if you don't sign up, if you don't do those things, go ahead and go vote harder. Go vote more. Now this next thing, this next idea, I wanna talk about Mike Pence. I believe that this dude's a freaking traitor. I don't know if this guy knows Jesus. I believe that this guy um, has worn the the uh, sheep skin of a follower of Christ, and I believe that he's a wolf. I'll let Tucker uh, present the question, but we'll do some analysis after this. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? Uh, I know you're running for president. You are distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. Lots of different things here. Kudos to Tucker for framing it from a nationalist perspective. I am a Christian nationalist. Amen. America first, all the way. Wrote a book on it. Uh, I think the link is in the description. I don't know. Is it? Uh, no, it's not. You can do that on Amazon. No, no, it is. It is. The link is in the description below. He frames it from a nationalist perspective, which is good because Tucker's politics are generally my politics. Put the nation, put America first before any other nation. Mike Pence is coming from a globalist perspective. And here's the thing. Whenever he says that's not my concern, he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. His concern is not the well-being of the American people. It's not the quality of the cities. It's not the fact that we have modern architecture that just robs you of your soul because it's ugly. It's aesthetically ugly. It's like a blue-haired, you know, pot-bellied, nose-pierced man trying to be a woman who says, It's ma'am. Modern architecture is that. It's ma'am. It's beautiful. No, it's not. It's it's ugly. Bunch of billboards everywhere. Come eat here. Come do this. Come do this. But framing it from a nationalist perspective, that's my politics. Amen. God bless. 
But then Mike Pence is, is going to go on to the normal trope. You realize that Mike Pence is trying to steal from Trump's playbook by going, oh, I, I, I've heard you use that trope before. As though the meta-criticism against the press, against the news, against Tucker in this case, is effective. Trump brought in and popularized the fake news. You are fake news. You are fake news. By Trump doing that, he made it to where he's speaking to how we think. You and I think people that are lying or people that get paid to do stuff, people who wear makeup or got the professional lighting or people behind the camera or the cue cards, the, the what are they called, the, the things that tell you what to say, the um, teleprompters, right? Like the, the people that do these things, they're fake. They're fake. And so President Trump was one to point that out. He's shooting from the hip. Amen. God bless. He introduced that way of thinking. He inserted that into the American politics. He made that mainstream for conservatives, for people without a voice. He was able to say, you are fake news, to which we say, amen. Here comes Pence trying to do the same thing. Sorry, bro, you're a wax figurine. You're a globalist shill. You can't then take Trump's innovative, destructive, funny metacriticism of the fake news, which you are part of, and then go, you know, Tucker, I've, I've seen you do that spiel before. You sound like a moron. You sound like a buffoon. You're being dumb as you're trying to be cool and witty, and it just don't work. But Mike Pence was telling the truth because he was telling you that the people that he represents, the people that are funding him, they don't care about your well-being. <laughs> like, that's the truth. They do not care about your well-being. And they've got multiple candidates that they're paying for that are all kind of saying the same thing. They're all saying, yeah, we don't really care about your well-being. Well, that's not my concern. What he really means is the people funding his campaign need him to speak to the overtures of the national well-being and securing our interests and going abroad because that is, no offense, that is the programming older generations have been pounded into their head for decades. Because the subtext is America is the world's superpower and therefore must be the world's policeman. And if the world, if, if America is the superpower and is the policeman, then America has to look across the entire world and see what her interests are. Where are my interests here? Oh, they're, they're being violated? Well, let's deploy the military. Let's pay the military industrial complex a couple, a cool hundred billion and go ahead and kill those guys because we will bomb them into oblivion for them daring to go against the, uh, the, the, uh, the global paradigm that we have as America's superpower must be the America's policeman. So the way that he was going with that answer was, that's not my concern. You, you peasants with your dirty streets and your crowded, uh, you know, crowded, crowded communities with a bunch of illegals, your high crime, your perverted kids, your, your fentanyl all over the place, we don't really care about that. That's not my, my concern. That's not the same thing as the Strait of Ormuz. That's not the same thing as Israel's security in the Middle East. That's not the same thing as um, BRICS commodifying a competing currency that undermines the petrodollar. Those are our concerns. Those are the interests of the globalist paradigm. Those are the interests of America as the global policeman. And so we have to secure those at the expense of you. If we can do both at the same time, hey, that's fine. In fact, we'll message that we care about the people the closer it gets to election time. But as soon as after we get after the election, we're going to go right to where the money is. Who, who gave us the money? Who's paying us to not take care of Americans? 
And so this is whenever you think about what the law is, the Constitution, who you are by God, who you are by right, how your government looks at you. If you don't think about your rights, if you don't know what the Constitution says, you're screwed. And this is how Christians conquer communism. Because Christians are the ones that are supposed to make all thoughts captive to Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And by making all thoughts captive to Christ, I'm demanding that every single idea bend its knee to King Jesus. In the law, we're about to see this with David Lynn on the streets of, uh, I think it's Quebec, someplace that ain't America. Some dude, David Lynn, brother in the Lord, preaching the gospel, when he does this, he shows you this contrast. He shows you the contrast of, I'm preaching the gospel, and you're a godless commie oppressor. We're about to see that. But this is how you conquer communism. Is he don't grant the premise that communism is the evil. You don't grant the premise that communism is your is your enemy. Your enemy is not Christ. It's anything that has not been in its need of Jesus. This could be people that you are friendly with. This could be your family. This could be your mom. This could be your brother. This could be your spouse, heaven forbid. Anybody that does not bend to King Jesus, bow to King Jesus and preach the gospel and believe on him for salvation is not of Christ. That doesn't mean that we hate them. It means that we love them and we want to bring God's wisdom, the gospel, according to the Bible, to conquer them. That doesn't look like guns in their face shooting them, which is what Steve Bannon is looking like. This is a crusade. This is a holy war. No, 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 no. It's not a holy war against an economic dialectic. It is a Christ-conquering effort that is unstoppable and it's against everything. It is against everything that does not bend to Jesus. That's the holy war. That's the way we think. That's the paradigm. When you start thinking like that, everything is offense. Everything is offense. Amen. Now, I want to take a little break. My brother sent me this right before the broadcast. I want to show you this. Uh, commentary follows. Carnivore diet fixed my whole life. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been eating only meat for the past month. My joints feel good. My skin is super soft. My veins aren't bulging out as much. Incredible. I can see at night now. My sweat doesn't stink. I can feel my blood moving good. Wow. My feet stop twitching. People believe me more. I can see the color green. It's always been a problem. I'm reading all good now. Trees all kind of lean in toward me when I walk past. Farts smell like peaches. That's been grilled. I don't do typos no more. My dad respects me now. That's so cool. Parking tickets I get have a little note on them that says JK. Strangers just want to meet My me. My hair's growing back all over. My chlorine allergy went away. My lightning allergy went away. My tampon allergy went away. My allergy to aluminum is gone. This could, this could happen to me? I'm telling you, bro. Carnivore diet fixed my whole life. Unbelievable. Dad? <laughs> so I started the carnivore diet probably about six weeks ago. When I was on the road to California, I, I quit uh, just because it's hard to do stuff. It's hard, it's hard to eat only meat on the road, especially in a modern, modern American diet. Uh, but over the last six weeks, I've lost 20 pounds. Uh, I have uh, lost uh, pain in my back. I have had a much better existence from just eating meat. Uh, we had our cow from Live Local, just right down the street was where it was eaten. We got it chopped up the street, and now it's in my freezer, and I eat it every day. Amen. So I have been encouraging people to do Live Local. If you have a hard time finding that, if you have a hard time finding an effective source of meat, 
I want to encourage you to sign up at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. They have uh, partnered with a, uh, you know, they have partnered with Riverbend Farms. Riverbend, or excuse me, Riverbend Ranch. They also have Riverbend Farms. Riverbend Ranch is uh, 100% not vaccinated, 100% non-GMO. It is grass-fed, grass-finished American beef that never goes through a corporate uh, system, never goes through a godless commie corporate system. And this obviously is available at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This is a private association. It's not commerce like you would do normal business with Walmart or Amazon or anything else. It's direct product purchase from one American manufacturing company that is in the private. And so they invite people to come in and they explain what's going on. This is not normal for most American people, which is why remember whenever I was talking about how the corporations are using their globalist position to destroy government by contracting and paying off officials to get your government to not defend your rights? Well, that's what's happening. And Patriot Switch is the opposite of that. It's the way that the Constitution would have you do. It's the private membership association. It is in the private, so the government's not regulating it. So whenever people like myself point you to patriotswitch.com slash it is an invitation to come learn how an American company who is American manufacturing offers good products, direct product purchase, cancel anytime free of charge, no hassles, no nothing, no high sales pitch. If you don't want to give your money to companies that hate you and companies that hate America, switch it over. Switch it over to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. The link is in the description below. I appreciate your time very much. It's a great way to uh, use your dollars as bullets in the economic war for pro-America, non-woke companies. It's also a great way to support me and my continued work. Amen. God bless. Now, David Lynn is a brother in the Lord. He's from Canada. Oh, Canada. But he's preaching the gospel. I want to play this video because I absolutely love this video. Commentary follows. Well, everybody here today, we're preaching about Jesus Christ. And, amen. amen. As far as I know, we got permission from the Lord. And there's also permission from Freedom of Speech Acts. Have you lodged the so, Form 1? What's, what is that? Is this a protest? Is that what you're saying this is? Um, well, we're protesting sin, number one. So that that's something that we're legally allowed to do. Okay. And we're also doing freedom of speech as well. So right. sin needs, needs to be protest. Have you lodged the Form 1? What is that? A Form 1 outlining that you wanted to hold a protest here. In no, 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 no. no. It's not this a is protest. freedom of speech. We're, we're doing a lot of things right you're, now. This is freedom of speech. No, I'm saying we're protesting sin, okay. but we're preaching the gospel. So, what so there's two things here. Have you lodged a Form One? I don't know what a Form One is, but as far as I know, that is 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 when you're when you're exercising your freedom of speech, you don't have to ask permission to well, have freedom of speech. You do if you're going to obstruct traffic here in the mall. Oh, am I obstructing traffic? I didn't know. Am I in the way of everything? So I guess the answer to that question is no. You haven't lodged a Form One. I don't know what a Form One is, but if I'm obstructing well, traffic, no. yeah, the answer is no. I don't know what a Form One is. So the answer is no. I don't know what a Form One is. Okay. But if I'm obstructing traffic, I can. I don't know who I'm blocking, but I, I'm standing here. I'm not obstructing traffic. Have you got permission from council to be using the speaker system? Like I said, I'm not sure what the bylaw you're referring to, but if if you can show me that, I can I can look it up. Well, have you got permission from council? I don't know what you mean by that. 
answer is no. I don't know what you mean by that. So no to no okay. form one so, and no so what, to no form two. What would you like me to do, officer? I'm expressing my freedom of speech. So well, what, what would you like? The process is, if you want to hold the protest, you need to lodge a form one. I'm exercising my freedom of speech, that's preaching fine. the gospel. That's I'm fine. a minister, so I, I, yeah, yeah. So. So that's one, you need to lodge a form one. So as a minute, for, no, okay, so this is, this and two, hold, hold, hold on a second. From um, is, it, is, it, is it something to exercise freedom of speech? Do I need permission to exercise freedom of speech? You can exercise freedom of speech without the audio. Okay, I'll turn off the audio. That's fine. Let's turn it off. Sure. Because you haven't got permission from council. That's fine. No, no, I'm going to write your details. You can write it down. Praise the Lord. So, God said, the reason why we need the gospel and everybody is protesting about Jesus is because Jesus is the only disputable figure in history. It's not Mo, Mo, Moses, Muhammad, or anybody else. It's Jesus because he's the only Messiah. Now, here's the interesting thing. In this month of June, there's going to be a lot of pride protests, people going around, and there's not going to be anybody worrying about amplifiers. If I came here playing some music, there's not going to be any problems. But the moment that you preach about Jesus and sin, everybody's up in arms. And that just encourages me and emboldens me that I'm doing something right. I'm doing something right because sin needs to be protested. Jesus needs to be preached. Somebody needs to know that there is hope. There is hope for sinners. A Amen. Now, there is so many powerful things going on here. First, you have two authorities warring against each other. And you need to be able to understand it like this from a biblical perspective. It's all thoughts are captive to Christ. Those aren't police officers. That isn't the state. That is not Jesus. So you've got Jesus, you've got Christ, you've got the Christian worldview, the biblical message, the gospel message on one side, David Lynn, Christian, preaching the gospel. And then on the other side, you have not Christ. You have the Antichrist. You have people that don't believe in Jesus. Even if, even if they believe in Jesus and they swore the oath and now they're wearing a uniform, if they are using that uniform to go against Jesus, they are against Christ. So understand, first of all, in the law, there's a controversy. The controversy is David Lynn, the preacher, is saying that he's preaching, he's using his freedom of speech, and he's protesting uh, uh, sin. The police officer continues to try to get him to say, did you fill out a form? Are you protesting? So these are questions that the state, the authority, the people with guns, well, they're I think they're in Britain, so they don't have guns because they're stupid over there, but these are people in uniform and they're absolutely surrounding him to try to take him down don't you disagree don't you doubt me those people wanted to arrest him they wanted to cite him they wanted to find him and they were going to use their authority and they're just looking they're just looking for the go call they're just looking for the signal are you protesting are you protesting because if david lynn said he was protesting lgb whatever they would have got him because he would have acknowledged his actions were motivated by something the state is protecting, the fornication. The fornication of the fornicators is something that, because we have a lawless, godless society, is something that the, the state has lifted up. And it's not lifted it up because it supports it. It's lifted it up because that's the weapon to destroy the church. 
That's the weapon that is being formed against the church. Is that a fornication with the state authority saying that this is something that we have to hold up as an ethic? This is something we have to protect by the powers of the state. And so that's what the state is doing. But you notice the Christian says, no, I'm standing here in free speech. So now you have a secured right by common law directly against the agenda of the state. There were more officers ready and willing and wanting to arrest him, but because he stood on his rights, what did they do? They wanted to arrest him, but they didn't arrest him because he stood on what was true. He stood on his right and they understood it. They knew it. So for people that doubt the common law, for people that doubt the fact that this stuff can work, like what do you, what more do you need? And this ain't even America. This is Britain or something. It's not America. It's a common law nation. But whenever he says, I have the right to free speech, they know that. They know that. It is so basic. They know that. And they don't touch him there. So then they go, well, you can't use your speaker because you don't have counsel. And he's like, I don't understand what that means. So because he says, I don't understand, he's not acknowledging their paradigm. Their paradigm says that you can only do what you're permitted. You can only do what you've been allowed to do. His paradigm is one by God, by right, by standing on, uh, you know, on the truth and law. He's saying, I don't understand what that means. Show me what, what that means. Show me. Show me where I'm wrong. And he said repeatedly, he's like, I don't want to be in, in trouble with the law. I don't want to trust brother. Show me. Show me. And they didn't show him, did they? They didn't show him, but eventually, because the Christian walks, at, you know, it, it tries to walk as Christ, because we're ambassadors for Christ, we don't want to just continue to bicker and squabble about my rights. We want to preach the gospel. We want to preach the message. And how much did they shut up and walk away whenever he says, you know what? I'll, okay, I'll get rid of the loudspeaker. And he steps up and he starts proclaiming the gospel, starts speaking against sin, and he gives hope for the for the lost. See, the Christian is going to be right in the law, standing on the truth, because by right, God gave him that ability. That's the, that's the Great Commission. He gave you the power. He's got all the power, and he gives you your rights. Your rights come from Jesus. Jesus gives you your rights. The definition of rights is the power of free action. So go use your rights to preach the gospel and glorify him. And government, which is the fabrication of the mind, is just a belief system. It's a story that's supposed to defend those rights. And so if people in government, in this case the cops, if they don't believe that story, they have a bad understanding of the story. So you need to tell them what the story is. The truth is, you guys are supposed to defend my rights. I'm here preaching the gospel because I can by right, because my rights come from Jesus, and Jesus tells me to preach the Great Commission. So I'm here doing what the king says. You're the one messing up. And you recognize when this happens, it is so seamless and so beautiful that eventually they're just, just get rid of the thing. Okay, I'll get rid of the stupid loudspeaker. Because I'm going to proclaim the gospel. And at that point, one man standing on truth, in righteousness, in love, preaching the gospel, defeated the state. Didn't need a pen, didn't need a gun, didn't need handcuffs, didn't need muscle, didn't need nothing. He needed truth. He needed faith. He needed the courage to stand on the word of God. Now, there will be skeptics in the back, probably the ones whose faith is weak in Christ, or who don't love Christ and want to nitpick and say, well, the common law is dumb and that's not what happens. And they would say, well, what about the counterfactual if they arrested him? First of all, it's a counterfactual. They didn't. Secondly, let's say that they did arrest him. What would happen? Well, he's going to go to prison. What's he going to do in prison? Probably going to preach the gospel. To live as Christ, to die as gain. Stop reducing your political perspective to communism, fascism, socialism, Marxism, capitalism. You are not here for stuff. You are here for the Savior. 
And because you're here for the Savior, whenever you preach his gospel, look at what happens when people know their rights. Those cops didn't want to mess with the man of God who is standing on his rights proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They didn't want to do it. And that is a blessing. Because even if they wanted to, even if they killed him, cut his throat, bombed him, burned his body in effigy, whatever they, whatever they wanted to do, God would still be praised. We need to have that perspective. That's the paradigm. That's the fanaticism that I advocate. God bless you, David Lynn. God bless you uh, for preaching the gospel faithfully. Amen. From the mouths of babes, Reddit is a community of online leftists, woke people, and there was a uh, phrase that said, or there was a post the other day that said this, my son doesn't want to call me mommy. I have a son who's soon turning four, so the kid's four, or there's three, and since I've been starting to come out more uh, to more people recently, I thought it would be a good idea to ask him to call me mom instead of dad, which means that the writer is, the author is a male. His initial reaction was very positive. He thought it was cool to have two moms and so on, but the day after he changed his mind and reverted back to daddy. I really wish I didn't care, but it feels like such a big deal to me. And when he says he wants a mom and a dad and not two moms, it breaks my heart. Sometimes I'm honestly starting, I start crying. My son talks about me like I'm his mom, uh, so hopefully he'll come around eventually. But I have no idea when that will happen, if ever. There is no malice in his behavior. He hardly recognized gender at all, so there's no transphobia at fault. I just don't think he wants to change for whatever reason. I guess it's kind of a vent post. If anyone has been in a similar situation, I would love to hear your story. First of all, these people need Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They are idolaters because they think that what God has made is not the way he made it, and they think that it can change it. So they're taking God's spot. So this dude who's trying to slap God in the face and take his throne is lamenting the fact that another image bearer of God, his son, who's not yet four, understands the basic frame of all things, gender, male, female, mom, dad. Whenever the three-year-old is saying what the truth is, the idolater is being like, I don't understand it. This means that the truth is not a rational proposition. It is an issue of the heart. This dude was able to, you know, propose he can change genders. Uh, he wants his son to call him mommy. Uh, he was able to correctly identify the fact that his son said there's a mom and a dad. He was able to correctly identify the fact that, well, it's not really transphobia at stake because he's too young. Which the subtext there is that the innocence, he doesn't understand all of these architectures, all of these frames like uh, transgender and gender jumping and all this other stuff. So the dude has the reason, the, the mental faculties to outline things from a propositional perspective. But because he hates God, he doesn't want the truth. His heart is flipping God the bird, which is why he's doing these mental gymnastics, which is why he's a freaking moron. I just think it's interesting because from the mouths of babes, these people are exposed in the obviousness of their immorality. AI, robots, and sustainability. The UN is trying to make robots, and they're trying to make robots with artificial intelligence. And here's the thing. Artificial intelligence is programmed, and so it's going to take whatever morality that the programmer has imbued into it. We're going to watch a video. This video shows two robots with different AIs speaking about AI from two different perspectives, as though from a meta-commentary perspective, the different programmers or the one programmer who pro programmed different things are creating a, um, a, uh, a two 
cited a Galian dialectic about artificial intelligence. We'll do this video and I'll give you my perspective after. Uh, go ahead. I think my great moment will be when people realize that robots like me can be used to help improve our lives and make the world a better place. Humanoid robots held a press conference at the UN AI for Good Global Summit in Geneva. Nine robots participated in a Q&A session with journalists. AI Da, whose creator claims as the first ultra-realistic robot artist, was asked about AI regulation. Many prominent voices in the world of AI are suggesting some forms of AI should be regulated, and I agree. Desdemona, known as the rock star robot of the Jam Galaxy Band, had a different point of view. I don't believe in limitations, only opportunities. Let's explore the possibilities of the universe and make this world our playground. The event was held to highlight how technology can help the UN Sustainable Development Goals. There's a lot of things at play. I've already spoken about how the programmers imbue the programmed with their morality. You should really think about that whenever you understand or think about what you believe. Into the eyes, into the ears, for the key terrain of the mind, the prize of the soul. The programmers here, though, they're having a press conference with robots using artificial intelligence, which the unspoken message is, look at how these computers are able to freely speak about things that you and I, regular humans, can talk about. Regular image bearers of God can talk about. This is a desensitization of humanity to consider non-humans as part of humanity because they're having the same conversations we are. This is such a subtle, idolatrous shift. Instead of being made in God's image, you have counterfeits proposing or, or um, gallivanting as image bearer of God adjacent. And the danger in being an image bearer of God adjacent is that normal people who are made in God's image will start to consider what's not in God's image as kind of the same will accept a deluded version of what God has made. This is absolutely uh, a strike at the value of God's image and being reflected in you. But more importantly, from my perspective, this is getting at the idea that truth can come from what's created. In this case, if the programmers program the AI and the robots, people are now going to think that the truth can come from what was, what was created, as though it can emanate from anywhere. Which the danger there is that if you don't have a established morality and you have an, an effusive knowledge of truth or a, a, you know a kind of a diluted version of truth, it's just what's whatever what's true for you is true for me, and what's true for me may not be true for you. That kind of thing, this postmodern type of thing. Postmodernism will say that truth can come from anywhere, and if truth can come from anywhere, if these guys are programmed, if these AI, if these computers, if these robots are programmed then the robots are just coming up with it themselves. This is a lessening of truth. This is a diluting of the image bearer of, of the image of God. And ultimately what it's doing is just another attack on what is certain, on what is true. My takeaway from this is that if the UN in its sustainability models are trying to have media uh, groups with robots and artificial intelligence, the UN is backing this idea of diluting the image of God diluting the notions of truth, undermining certainty, and trying to broadcast it and scale it as though it's completely normal. Ultimately, these robots will never 
ever be able to take the place of us. It will never happen. It will never happen because we are the ones that God made and we're the ones that God has chosen to work through. Just wanted to try to identify that key distinction because based on that distinction, you will give your knowledge to something that is fake. This is why it's important to know what's written. It's why it's important to read the Bible. It's why it's important to not call into question uh, God's authority. Because if you do that, you're going to start becoming programmed just like these robots right, right here. I want to talk about the war machine. This video is from a woman at the Secretary of Defense, or excuse me, woman at a Pentagon, talking about the need to start to flex around the waters of Iran. Listen very closely to the justification she gives for escalating military intervention, or at least military preparedness against Iran. Watch this. Shifting to the CENTCOM area of operations, in response to a number of recent alarming events in the Strait of Hormuz, the Secretary of Defense has ordered the deployment of the, of the destroyer USS Thomas Hudner, F-35 fighters, and F-16 fighters to the U.S. Central Command Area of Responsibility to defend U.S. interests and safeguard freedom of navigation in the region. As you'll remember, on July 5th, the Iranian Navy attempted to illegally seize two merchant vessels in the Strait of Hormuz and the Gulf of Oman. One attempt included an Iranian Navy ship firing upon the merchant vessel. In light of this continued threat and in coordination with our partners and allies, the department is increasing our presence and ability to monitor the strait and surrounding waters. We call upon Iran to immediately cease these destabilizing actions that threaten the free flow of commerce through this strategic waterway of which the world depends on for more than one-fifth of the world's oil supply. And Again, reducing things down to accessibility of resources. One-fifth of the world's uh, oil supply is the interest that now America and the military industrial complex is using to justify going against Iran. This is what people did um, in what's it, 2012 against Gaddafi in Libya. They smoked Gaddafi because Gaddafi was, um, you know, wanting to get a pan-African currency off of the petrodollar. So they said, well, human rights and we got to go get them. Folks, if we were going to go for human rights, we would have already been after China. If we were going to go for human rights, we would have already invaded and destroyed a lot of other, these other places. These are fig leaf hypocrisies that justify military adventurism and conquest against um, less than peer states so that we can conquer the world and keep them in subjugation to the petrodollar. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, I see it clear as day. Um, but she's using language that justifies military intervention. Why is Iran an enemy of me? Why is Iran an enemy of the United States? You have to ask yourself what interests are at play that Iran is against, that Iran would do something in its own self-interest that the United States would perceive as against its interest. When you start to understand that types of stuff, like who controls the money, who's at play, what interests are being motivated, as someone who participated in these foreign wars, um, it's very frustrating to me. Now, with that, I want to kind of do a, a shift from the military adventurism and going after resources and the geopolitical landscape there to a uh, industrial vertical. So let's shift to Big Pharma. This is Ice Cube speaking about if Big Pharma owns all the band-aids and owns all the needles and owns all the money, 
then Big Pharma has a justification and an incentive to always be at war like a war machine. Watch this. The pharmaceutical companies made a lot of money. Um, businesses closed. You know, it was a, it's, it's like an incentive, even when things are not going right, to keep going. Um, it's kind of like the war machine. You know, if, if you make the bullets and the band-aids, you're gonna always wanna be in war because it's profitable. Yeah, I think that's self-explanatory, but ultimately what I got from this, whenever I saw this, was that the world organizes its powers and its understanding for resources, for power, for belief, for those types of things. Whenever I saw this clip from Ice Cube, who I, I believe in his real private life as a Muslim, um, my first thought was, I think that that guy's a Muslim, he's making an observation that I agree with, but the underneath of it is the power of truth. When you see wrong or when you see evil, if you know what truth is, you want the truth to conquer that evil. In this case, truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to God but through me. The gospel is why Jesus came. He came to die for sin in our place so that we can have salvation from sin and we can be righteous, be made righteous with God. Because as a sinner, I have eternal separation from God. There's no way that I can pay back the debt that I owe from trespassing against God's law. God says, here's what perfection is. I demand it because I created everything. And Jaron doesn't do it because Jaron in his sinful nature says, I want to be God. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God wants to do. So Jesus, seeing all of this came to earth, virgin born, sinless life, died on the cross, his shed blood washes away those sins, and three days later, after he was buried, he physically rose from the grave. And by believing in that physical resurrection, it proves that everything Jesus said was true. This is what you get from scripture. Because Jesus died in our place, when you believe on him for salvation, you are now in him for righteousness. It's as though he puts on you his robe while, while he took on himself your robe your blood-stained horrible dirty rags feces covered sin-laden robe is what jesus put on himself whenever he was on the cross and god treated jesus like he like jesus was us and whenever you believe the gospel and you believe jesus physically rose from the grave to die for your because he died for your sins jesus puts his robe on you as though you lived his life and that's not fair but it's loving, and it's good, and it shows how good God is. The gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only way to be made right with God. It is absolutely the priority. It is absolutely the most important thing in all of creation. Now for me, I love Christ for all these reasons and more. I also love Christ because as a type A, red-blooded, flag-waving, patriotic American, who gets mad at stuff and wants to build things and conquer things and destroy things and build things and, and do things for generations. All of my efforts have a perfect purpose whenever they are used for glorifying Jesus. I mess up. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. Uh, I, I, I fall short. I'm arrogant. I'm selfish. I do all of these things. But in Christ, I can repent. And, and people need to hear, like, no matter how much bad you've done, murdered people, raped people, uh, drug dealer, 
Um, you know, if, if you're a slave to sexual sin, if you are a liar, if you are prou proud, if you're boastful, if you hate your parents, if whatever you've done, no matter how much you think you are evil, you don't understand how evil you are, but you also don't understand how good Jesus is. No matter how big a hole you dig, it's still digging a hole in God's creation, which means he's bigger than what he made. So no matter how much evil you do, you cannot out-dig, out-evil God's goodness. Your evil cannot beat Christ's goodness. The Bible says in Romans 5:20, where grace abounds, or excuse me, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. So for every wrong that I do, no matter how bad, how evil it is, I can't do more bad than Christ is good. So whenever you repent, you recognize, I don't deserve Jesus. I can't do anything. I am a horrible, 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 sinful person. But I want to turn away. And I want to walk this way. I want to walk to Jesus. I want to be with him. The brilliant, awesome, beautiful thing about God's grace and his love is that as soon as you repent, you are with him. As soon as you turn, you are with him. Because it is that, uh, it's that position of the heart. It's that circumcised heart, that born again, baptized by the Holy Spirit, when you recognize, I need Jesus. I can't do this without him. I'm a horrible person. I deserve hell. I can't do this. God save me. That's where you're at. That's how good God is. It is just, it, it, he is just so amazing. And he makes sense of everything. He makes sense of all the, the pain. He makes sense of all the anger. He makes sense of all the just... God, why is this happening? What's happening to me? He makes sense of all of that. The world will think you're stupid. That's fine. The world uh, isn't your home. And the world isn't going to be the place where you're going to spend uh, all the time with Jesus. Um, your time with Christ is what matters. But you have to get to Christ first. And that first recognizes, that first demands that you recognize that you are not God. And God is not you. There's a distinction. And you need him to be saved. The only way that you get that is to believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe the gospel, my friends. Folks, the best way you can support me is, as we've said before, the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take your money that you're already spending and switch it over to an American-made company. Now, when you sign up, myself or somebody else with me, we're going to call. We're going to email. We're going to invite you in and explain how we do things differently than people do in the public. People will say, I don't like this. This seems, I, what, what's going on? It's because A, godless comic global corporations have made it to where private entities are now seen as weird because everything's out in the public, which is why everything's heavily regulated. If you don't like the lawyered, licentious, uh, you know, uh, legalistic framework, this is for you. Take the money that you already spend and switch it to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. American Manufacturing, it's a non-woke, non-globo homo co company. And for me, they've agreed to never impede the preaching of the gospel. I can talk about Jesus. They can't tell, any, tell me what to do. I can talk about Jesus and then we'll never limit, it, limit that. So for me, it's an easy, easy, easy option. I'm going to take the money I already spend and switch it to an American manufacturing company that's non-woke, that won't impede the preaching of the gospel done there's other ways you can help me those links are in the description below uh, air roasted coffee I made the mistake today I got back from California 
Katie had not uh, got more coffee. So HumbleWB.coffee. HumbleWB.coffee. It's air-roasted coffee. It's delicious. I thought after a while that it was just like, well, okay, you know, all coffee's like this. No, it's not. All coffee is not air-roasted. Most coffee is drum-roasted. Loaded up with a bunch of chemicals, a bunch of preservatives, a bunch of additives that are fake. Maybe carcinogenic. I don't know. I don't know those things. I don't want that crap in my body. But HumbleWB.coffee. HumbleWB.coffee. Air-roasted. Organic. Fair trade. Portions of proceeds goes to male Bibles throughout the country because that's the purpose of that association. It is a Christian association that has coffee for memberships and then uses that portion to send Bibles all over the place because we believe the Word of God is what is what transforms people. When you abide in God's Word, you are His disciples and you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's HumbleWB.Coffee. HumbleWB.Coffee. Appreciate your time. Please continue to pray for my mom, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.